You're listening to a Fit Plus Love production. I really like just to train hard and to finish training and to be destroyed. It's, it's the best feeling, like to not be able to do nothing, just to lay down and... That was like, I really like this feeling if it's after training or if, of course, if it's after race. I really like the process and the progress, the progression. I like to feel that I push myself uh, mentally and physically. And it's like every day, it's something that we deal with, with it every day, like to push ourselves a little bit more. And you know that who does, who does it the best, like who can push himself the most, he will be the best in the end. I love the recover work. It's also like we have the work on the bike, but we have also the work of after, like to do everything right, uh, to manage the nutrition, the sleep. I just, I think I love everything. It's just the best things I can do with my life right now. So I love it. That was Omer Shapira. This is Marnie Salop. Thanks for tuning into my podcast, Marnie on the Move. Each week, I will be inviting interesting, innovative movers and shakers to join me on the show and share their story. You will discover and hear from thought leaders, experts, influencers, and entrepreneurs from the worlds of wellness, sports, beauty, fitness, fashion, and more. Marnie on the Move will feature an eclectic mix of people I know, work with, and think are generally doing cool things. On each episode, I sync up with my guests about life, career, and training, and showcase their expertise and story. Hello, Marnie on the Move listeners. Welcome and welcome back. I'm your host, Marnie Salop. It is an exciting week in the world as we are all gearing up to watch the Olympics this weekend. So of course, I am bringing you some of the Olympic Tokyo 2021 athletes on the podcast this week. Today on the podcast, I sync up with Olympic cyclist and Israeli five-time national champion and Canyon Shram team member, Omer Shapira. We caught up the day before she raced La Course and was prepping for the Olympics. Before we dive into our conversation, shout out to my sponsors, Inside Tracker and Alchemine Supplements. Inside Tracker is the ultra personalized nutrition platform that analyzes your blood, DNA, and lifestyle to help you optimize your body from the inside out. They are my go-to for understanding my inner health, looking at my blood levels, and getting great nutritional insight. Inside Tracker transforms your body's data into meaningful insights and a customized action plan of the science-backed recommendations you need to reach your goals. Take control of your health and wellness. Use our code for 20% off. Thank you, MOTM. And of course, there's a link in the show notes. Also, shout out to Alchemind Supplements and Dr. Daryl Joffrey. I am loving the Alchemind plant-based organic protein powder. It has three core alkaline proteins, Sacha Inchi, pea, hemp, and of course, it's sugar-free. It's been a great addition into my training and fueling. I'm also using their acid-kicking mineral mix when I'm out on the bike for hydration. 
as well as the acid-kicking greens in all of my smoothies. And their omega-3 and black seed oil supplements for inflammation and general health. Check out their website, getoffyouracid.com, and use our code MOTM20 for 20% off. Now, back to our guest. Omer and I sync up about where and how her journey into cycling began. We talk about her training and nutrition, how she prepares mentally and physically for races, what she is most excited about for Tokyo 2021, and what she loves most about the sport. I'm sure you're going to love this conversation. If you like what you hear, leave us a review on Apple. It's easy. Head over to the app wherever you listen, click on the Money on the Move podcast, click on five stars, and click on leave a review. Tell us what you love. Also, share this episode on your social channels wherever you listen. Copy the link, take a screenshot, you know what to do. And we have an exciting newsletter going out this week, so sign up for the download. Now, on to my conversation with Omer. Thank you so much for doing this. I know you're in the middle of racing and all kinds of... No, it's okay. Actually, day before race is the dead hours. We have nothing to do, so... You are the first Israeli woman to win five consecutive national championships in a row. And you are competing in the Tokyo Olympics this year. That is so incredible. Yeah, thank you. How did you get into cycling? Where did it begin for you? So in Israel, I live in the south of Israel, in a small village, and there is no much to do around there. Yeah. And my dad and my brother just started cycling around, and I joined them, and I really love it. That's it, basically. I just follow them, and I was quite good in the Israeli level. Um, and of course, it encouraged me to keep doing it and to keep put time and effort in it. So that's it. What village are you from? It's called Ein Absol. It's about five kilometers from the Gaza Strip. Okay. Uh, in this area of Israel. So what is riding like there? Flat and boring, I have to say. Flat yeah, and boring. Flat and boring. Yeah, especially if you go on the road, it's like you start one road and the end of this road, it's after 100 kilometers, the same direction, the same view on the side. Um, for sure, the view around and the terrain around wasn't the reason I keep doing, doing it. But uh, lucky me, Israel is quite small, so I could just drive and train in another place. And quite soon after I started cycling, I met my boyfriend, which he lives in a nice area to ride uh, in the north of Israel. So we have been together and I was a lot in his place. So so he's also a cyclist. Yeah, still. So is there a big culture of cycling where you're from and especially women in cycling? Not at all. It's sad, but not at all. Not at all. Are you trying to raise awareness and encourage other women to get out and ride? Um, not in a direct way, but I want to believe, and I do believe actually, that all what I do, it's new for women from Israel. And I know that uh, some young um, girls from Israel watching me, 
and I hope this is my this is my job like they they see what I do and they want to be where I am and to do what I do and when I get this feedback from these girls is the best feeling and it's kind of also in the bad times it kind of reminds me why I do what I do this is very big reason to keep doing it especially over the past year during everyone being quarantined I mean you really probably had to dig deep with races canceled and how did you get through that like what did you do mentally and then physically so we have been in Girona me and my boyfriend in our home in Girona together and actually I did quite a lot Zwift like home trainer um, and it's kind of kept me alive in this time I did every day between two to three and a half hours yeah, yeah. it's a lot to, that's a long time to train on a trainer you, <laughs> yeah it was 52 days like totally quarantine yeah yeah we were locked down 52 days and um, so for me it wasn't a bad time actually yeah um except the fact I was from my um, Israeli family for one year and I spent nice time with my boyfriend and it's almost never happened like we both quite busy and we have this cycling um, lifestyle which is a a lot of travels and so on so it was so the day the quarantine started I was about to leave to Strada Bianca and uh, he also was about to leave to some race in, races in Belgium and we say goodbye, basically. And we didn't know when will be the next time we will see each other. And then we both uh, get this call, okay, the race is cancelled, we stay. And we stay there for three months after, so together. So it was from to, to don't know where, when will be the next time we see each other to three months together. And it was it was good time. Like it makes us realize that we are in the right place, in the right relationship. And it was good. Yeah. I feel like, you know, I'm in New York City and it wasn't, I mean, it was definitely really scary, but it wasn't, we weren't locked down where we couldn't leave our apartments. We were advised not to, but I actually kind of got really into cycling last summer I mean, I'm a triathlete, so I'm always riding and cycling, but in a different way. Like I started paying more attention to my technique and doing longer rides and just being So by could my... you ride outside? Yeah, could we could. We could, but I just was like really nervous because I didn't want to, God forbid, right? Like the hospital, like I crash. I didn't want to take up a hospital bed of somebody that maybe had you know, COVID. So I didn't ride until that sort of danger zone was over. So I started cycling again, really outside in July or August of last year. And this year was the first time that I actually cycled all through December. You know, like I got cold weather gear and I, you know, normally I would stop in, you know, when it starts to get in like the 50s. And I was just like, fuck it. I, I am going to cycle yeah. <laughs> until I can't cycle anymore, till it's like super cold. Yeah. I mean, but I really got into it and I really liked it. And then I noticed that, you know, as a triathlete, 
you don't really ride with anyone. You're like doing your own thing. Maybe you have a group, maybe not. And in New York, there were not a lot of women uh, out on their bikes. And I was riding with all these guys, which is fine. But at the same time, I was like, wait, what's going on? You know, why aren't there tons of women out here? I mean, there are, but I'm sure there, it wasn't, it just came onto my radar. And I'm like, I really need to like bring more attention to cycling and just, I wanted, I felt like, you know, after this year with COVID, I felt like, oh, I really want to get into like a group of women who are cycling that are competitive, you know, whether they're triathletes or cyclists. Yeah. I mean, I love it. It's, you know, my escape from, you know, where I live downtown in New York City and Battery Park and just getting out up into like the hill. I love hills. So I understand how flat is boring. Although (laughs) there could be wind. Yeah. It made me stronger. (laughs) Yeah. But I also during COVID was like on Zwift, like Zwift literally saved my life. So cheers to Eric Min for starting that company. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, if, if the flats and the boringness make you stronger. Yeah, for sure. Do you have any secrets for training and being faster on the flats? Not really. I I really focused on being aero, and um, which is very important in cycling general, but in the flat especially. So I focus on being aero, um, but. Again, it's like a mental training. Just put your head down and keep pedaling. It's like nothing up and around. It's basically kind of be. It's very similar of being on the roller, on the trainer. Yeah. Yeah. It is because you're just, it's just flat all the way. So how do you do, do you do all your hill training on the trainer or do you go to different areas around Israel and no, a part of the the quarantine time, I'm not often doing. Yeah, uh, I don't. Uh, my English, I don't often do um, home trainer. Like if there is no particular reason, I yeah. don't do it. Yeah. Um, I just take my car and I drive again. Uh, Israel is very small place, and it's yeah. easy. Like. In about an hour, I'm in Ely area, but um, in the last years, I'm I live in Girona in Spain, so there is not a problem. Yeah, there's a lot of hills there. Yeah, have you been in Girona? No, I have not. I have not been to Spain. I lived in Paris. I've been to Italy. I've been to. I lived in Turkey for a little bit during the summers. I'll get there. You have time. I know. I have yeah. plenty of time. Yeah, I have not been to Spain. No. We're waiting for you. And you are racing La Course tomorrow. When did you arrive in France? Yesterday we arrived. Actually, I had a very tough uh, travel day. I left my... I came from Israel, so I left... I left around 4 Israel time, which is 3 a.m. Europe time. And I was here in the hotel yesterday. Actually, today, 1 p.m. So it was almost... 24 hours travel day it's very close to nowhere this place and so we are but at least now we are very close to the start of tomorrow like a few minutes from the start and we are with the team and after we 
it's always like this stuff travels day and then when you are in the team you have like plenty of time just to focus on recover and to pre- to prepare yourself on the best way to the race like we have all the conditions and all the support so it's nice what do you do to because you travel a lot for these races and for training so what do you do like in terms of nutrition and hydration and just sleep and relaxation to kind of transition from you know one time zone to another time zone or all the travel so the time zone most of the times is the same like we are just into europe and even if i'm in israel it's just one hour different okay. so it's not big impact and about but by the way i'm going to tokyo to the olympics and this is gonna be very big challenge like the time zone between here to there it's about seven or eight hours and I believe that who will can manage it the best will have benefit for sure. How do you do that? Because a lot of people travel for racing and so I believe it things that I do naturally already because now when you ask it I even cannot uh, think about something special that I do. I always take with me my own food like to have healthy food like to keep my nutrition good um, it depends also in the time of the day I travel but I come very prepared prepare in terms of nutrition um, I always drink quite a lot so it's like nothing changed I always have my water bottle with me um, again about the hours there is no much different I try to put um, compression um, co- compression socks. Um, I try to, if it's long longer flight, because normally it can be even 50 minutes and yeah. um, one hour, 30 flight. This is most of the flight. So if it's longer, I try to stand and to stretch my body a little bit. And, you know, it's just like it's in our ritual. We don't take it. Um, seriously or I feel now it's like to take bus when I was younger like okay one more bus we just do it so how old were you when you started cycling I've been 14 when I really when I started but until I joined to the army when I was 19 or even closer to 20 it was just very not just hobby like I didn't do it in professional way I am Maybe I was riding five to eight hours per week. Um, and then when I joined to the army, I always been quite good in the Israeli level. And when I joined to the army, I had to decide if I want to take this this special condition of athlete in the army or if I do like proper army. And I came from, uh, I would say, military home, like my my family is really is really military family i would say like it's kind of value to do good uh, job in the army and i knew that if i decide to not do it i need to take the other option very seriously like if i'm not going to do um the under the army um like the best uh, work and the best job in the army I'm going to be to and I'm going to be cyclist and to take this special condition for cyclists in the army 
I'm going to be the best cyclist I can do. And this was the point I, I really started to do everything. Like I started to train more. I started to, uh, to pay attention uh, for my nutrition, for my sleep, for like I became professional cyclist there. That's awesome. Yeah, if I didn't say so, we are obligated to do army in Israel. It's not a question. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's clear to everyone, but we have to do it. We finish school and we go to the army. So this was my point. I became, I would at least in my opinion and my thinking about myself, like an athlete. You went from recreationally or competitively cycling, you know, six to eight hours a week to going into the Israeli army as a cyclist, how did your training change? Like how many hours a week did you get into training? In the army? Yeah, in the army. When and I was in yeah, the army? Yeah. So before the army, it was just very few hours uh, per week. And then during the army, I wouldn't able to ride how much I want because I was able to be in the army every day, few hours. So I wake up in the morning. Normally, all the people stay in the army all the week until the weekend. So, like, part of the special condition was that I can stay home and just to go every day, like a normal job. So, I have few hours in the morning and I, um, I was back in the afternoon. So, I could decide if I do my training in the morning or in the afternoon. And I would say this time I did between like around 12 to maybe maximum 15 hours uh, each week and um, just if you want to compare now I, I do around 20 I would say like average week it's 20 average hours a week um, yeah and then after I finish the army yeah I I could be more flexible and uh, to do like what require from each uh, coach I add it's not always uh, more hours is the best for sure and I still have weeks with uh, 10 hours so yeah so you do periodization training right like you'll go through yeah times where you'll have your peak weeks or your off weeks or your easy weeks Yeah. yeah Normally, when we are racing, we train less. Like we have the weekly hours is less than train training period. So this week is kind of a very relaxing sort of tech, like just really keeping your body moving because you're racing tomorrow. Yeah. So normally, yeah, we do less hours and then we rest uh, three or four days before the the race rest to just do very easy things and then day before the race normally we do um again it's very individually but normally we do open airs which is shorter climb like today we did about two hours but with some short intensity just to keep the body on keep the metabolism and to keep everything alive so this is what we did today and as you get closer to the races, your training gets more specific to the course. It very depends if it's a goal race or not. Uh, we cannot focus 100% of each race. 
now my big goal is the Olympics Games. So also the training I did, the last training I did, um, the big training, I mean, like I did four hours in the beginning of the week. Um, so it was more focused on the Olympic course, which is not so um, so different from here because it's long climb. So it's kind of uh, the same efforts. But for example, I'm going to do race in Belgium in the beginning of next month. And it's going to be very flat race. And my preparation is going to be in Andorra and I cannot train there flat. And I go to this race just to race and to get some speed. And um, even if it will not be the ideal preparation for this race, this race will be good pre- preparation for the, for the next races, like for the Olympic to get some speed in the legs and Um, So not each race is um, goal race. Right. So obviously the Olympics are your focus right now. Back to my training question. As someone who is doing lots of training on hilly terrain, long climbs, steep climbs, do you have any training tips or advice for my listeners who want to get better on the hills? In climbing, it's just easier to the, for the most of the people to push more watts. Like it's just natural. There is the resistance, how you say? Resistance from the road. And then, yeah. And then most of the people just push it naturally. Uh, so I don't have any special tips for this. Just just enjoy the pain. <laughs> this yeah, is enjoy the, the pain. The, the tip. Yeah, it's going to be painful and enjoy it because this is what we do and this is what we love and for downhill be relaxed I'm not to be honest I'm not the best person to ask because I still am struggling with myself with downhilling because I also quite stressful in downhills but I think to be relaxed to look ahead and think that each break you each time you push the break you need to invest more energy after so just think about the amount of breaks you push enjoy it also I mean this is part of cycling and it's fun after all like if you relax and just enjoy it do you have a sense of like how many times you shift gears during during a race so we we can check it actually in the SRAM application it's uh, it's quite new that we can check it but again it's very changeable what the terrain what the course what going on around if you're alone if you're racing if so it's not something I can even tell. And to be honest, I even didn't check it. Never. But but we have the option to check it. So I just thought maybe about I will that. check it later. No, I think it's also something we do naturally. We just shifting and we feel it. We don't think about it. And also the cadence, it's something very individual. There are people that are more comfortable on eye cadence. There are people that are more comfortable on low cadence and they are also more efficient on low cadence so it's very individual there is no uh, one way to do it um, and it's something we do natural it's just important like because for example if you are on the big gear in the front and on the uh, lower in the back then 
you just spend some watts on the way like it's not official and like i mean just think about it like about in the efficiency of the bike not of your body yeah like how the bike works if it's not a uh, straight or far from being straight like the opposite if it's yeah, cross-chaining if, yeah. they're not if it's cross-chain you you need to push few watts more on the same like on the same cadence on the same speed so this is the only thing that you need to pay attention but other than this it's individual yeah and but it's all those things are so important to increasing your speed and efficiency when you're out riding yeah and how did you connect with the Canyon Shram team? I think it's the best place I could ask to be in all the terms. It's very professional, professional place uh, from one side, but from the other side, it's very warm and we are family. Like everything, everyone around are humans and you can speak about emotions and you can speak about feelings and I know that it's not everywhere in the cycling world world like this uh, so we are privileged to have these people around us this stuff about us this uh, management with us and also all the girls in the team I think each one is very special and bring uh, bring her own things into the team and into into this group of people. Yeah, and you started with them three years ago or four years ago? Three years ago. Three years ago, and you were on and you were on a couple of other teams before, right? And then you. Yeah. yeah. Did you guys ever head up to the U.S.? Are you ever over here? Are you doing any races here or training? So, yeah, actually, my best result is, was uh, over there. Um, I did, we did the California, uh, Tour of California in 2019. Uh, I got uh, fifth, and we did, in the same year, a Colorado Classic, and I got third. So uh, I have good luck there. So yeah. maybe I should come more. Yeah, just seriously. I need that this COVID situation will over and I will. I know. Come there. Me too. Your specialty, like your, you excel in hills and climbing, or yeah, I would say I'm I'm a climber. Yeah, I have a small body and yeah, small body and diesel agents. Yeah. So, and, and when you're not cycling, are you doing strength training? Like, what other sports do you do, like, to stay in shape for cycling? So, I do strength, strength training almost every day. Like, not with the weight, but, like, core and the Pilates, uh, yoga, some exercise. I do almost every day. Yeah. Um, I do... I stretch my body every day, obviously. I mm-hmm. don't know if it's obviously or not, but I do it every it's day. It's not obvious. My body. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I spend like at least 10 to 15 minutes to stretch my body every day. And that's it. Basically, we don't need to do much. We spend quite a lot of time on the bike. Yeah. Uh, it's for that require a lot of time on the bike. Uh, I don't think there is there are many sports that the races itself it's so long like 
um, four hours race it's yeah. long so th- this is what we need to do basically what's your longest ride like in terms of distance that you are doing these days to train mm, I'm not very imp- impressive uh, I think last year me and the guy my boyfriend yeah I think last year me and the guy rode from my place uh, to a lot and it was like 260 kilometers it took us around almost eight hours I think that was the longest one uh, but it was like we even didn't look at this as a big challenge it was like it was very nice but I never put myself like big uh big challenge to do something very crazy so maybe I should start in the day that I will uh, I will not have uh, motivation to do it I will start to look for a challenge yeah that's cool I mean is that kind of is that kind of how you stay motivated through the different challenges within the sport at least now to ride longer it's not like challenging me I I rather to push more and to to push my limits in terms of that speed and into shorter training and not to ride longer and to just sit on the bike yeah beyond the Olympics for 2021 do you have any other big goals like it doesn't have to be around cycling it just be personal it could be professional it could be you know anything Mm, it's very hard to tell it now because everyone everyone tell me just focus on the Olympics and then think about the day after because a lot of change after um it can be because good result or bad result or something that changed in in my motivation or in in general in the motivation of athlete so I don't want to decide nothing yet um if I look ahead few years, I really want to be mom. Like this is this is something that I really want to be in the not very um, far future. So uh, for sure not next year or not in two years, but uh, it's something that I really want. Um, so let's see. I trust the universe. Let, let's see what the what the world will bring me. That's awesome. And what do you love the most about cycling? Wow, it's a hard question because it's so many things. I really like just to train hard and to finish training and to be destroyed. It's it's the best feeling, like to not be able to do nothing, just to lay down and... Whew, that was like I really like this feeling. If it's after training, or if, of course, if it's after race, I really like the process and the progress. The progression. I like to feel that I push myself uh, mentally and physically, and it's like every day. It's something that we deal with with it every day. Like. Um, to push ourselves a little bit more and you know that uh, who does who does it the best like who can push himself the most he will be the best in the end I love 
the recover work it's also like we have the work on the bike but we have also the work of after like to do everything right uh, to manage the nutrition the sleep I just I think I love everything it's just the best things I can do <laughs> with my life right now so that's awesome I love it I love it for all the same reasons honestly like I love to feel destroyed this has been so awesome. Thank you so much, Omer. This has yeah. been great. I'm so excited for you and the Olympics. I'm going to be watching and cheering. Thank you so much. Thanks again for tuning in to Marnie on the Move. If you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts. Follow us on social at Marnie on the Move for Facebook and Instagram and Marnie Salop on Twitter. Head over to our website, MarnieOnTheMove.com, for more info on this episode, links in the show notes, and of course, sign up for our quarterly newsletter, The Download, to get updates, deals, giveaways, and information on future events for 2019. I want to hear from you. Email me, MarnieOnTheMove1 at gmail.com, and let me know what you're enjoying, what you want to hear more of. If you have questions for our guests, just reach out. 